What is Threads? How does the new social media platform work? And why are people calling it the Twitter killer? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Keeping up with every new social media platform was hard enough. Get ready, because a brand new app has entered the scene. On July 5th, Meta, the parent company of Instagram and Facebook, officially launched Threads, a conversation-based app designed to compete with Twitter. The app's release made headlines, hitting over 100 million new users in just five days. But with a launch that impressive, many are wondering whether or not Threads will be able to maintain the excitement. So how has Twitter reacted to this direct competitor? How will the app change the social media landscape? And what does it take for a new social network to succeed? Here to answer all of these questions and more is lecturer of marketing at Coastal Carolina University, Matthew Gilbert. And Matthew joins me now. Matthew, what's going on? Keeping busy, trying to keep an eye on what's happening with threads and uh, what's happening with Twitter and uh, the grudge match between uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Musk. (laughs) This is crazy. They're actually physically going to fight and now they're fighting with their platforms. It's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know if art imitates life or life imitates (laughs) art or fight imitates life. I don't know. You're on to something there for sure. Yeah. Well. You know, it is it is kind of a full-time job keeping up with what's going on in the social media world. Things are popping up left and right, but nothing as big as this. Threads has been downloaded so many times just from when it launched. So let's just lay some groundwork. What is Threads? And for those who don't have the app yet, what's just an overview of how it works? Threads is somewhat, I think, unofficially positioned as the quote-unquote Twitter killer. I don't think Meta would explain it that way, but that's kind of the intent of it. Um, and so what Threads is, it's kind of a parallel to your Instagram account. It's more like Twitter in that it's more of a continuous stream of consciousness, kind of a feed. So whereas Instagram is heavily video and visual based, there's not a lot of opportunity to add links or, or video or pictures within the comments. That's the main difference between Instagram and Threads, where it allows you to extrapolate more and add a little bit more rich media to your conversations with other people. It functions very similar to Twitter. You can follow people. They can follow you. You get kind of that news feed experience where you see what people are posting. You see who they're commenting on, even if you're not following them, so that you might choose to jump into that conversation or follow that person. So the intent is to spur more of a real-time kind of stream of consciousness conversation. Um, But the main difference at the moment is it's really, really, it's almost like a beta at this point. It's a very simplified version of Twitter. And I'm not quite sure why they jumped into the fray so quickly with it, but I think they just wanted to kind of get it out there. I don't know their, their reasoning specifically of why they just suddenly launched it, but <laughs> it's out there and it, it exists. So yeah. have at it. Elon Musk is like, I just paid millions of dollars for Twitter <laughs> and now you're basically doing a new Twitter. Well, I, I I do have a question about that because they, I mean, looking at this app, to me, it looks like an early version of Twitter where people keep explaining it to me like, you know, it's less serious. It's just more about like what people are doing. I'm like, well, so it's Twitter. It's like Twitter, how how it started. And you're like, oh, there's not all this, you know, people are arguing. I'm like, yeah, but things start like that. It doesn't mean that's how it's going to end up. 
Exactly. Honestly, I started using Twitter in 2008. So I wasn't at the very, very beginning, but I was definitely in that early, early experience of it. And this does feel a lot like it. In fact, I've commented that and have received the same reply in terms of this feels like, you know, early Twitter. And I was like, where's my 2007 <laughs> Twitter friends at? And, you know, I heard from a couple of them and it, it really back in the old days, so to speak, Twitter was this very similar kind of experience. It was very collegial, it was very simple. It felt very kind of open and welcoming. And honestly, you know, I made connections back then. Um, and those connections became friends, both personal Aww. and professional. And that's led me a lot to where I am today. And it's also created friendships that have lasted. So I am grateful for those early years of Twitter. And I'm glad I got to experience it then. For sure. I want to follow up on something you said earlier. Uh, you said that threads, there's not a lot of opportunity to do videos and links. Is that just you, you said something about the comments. Is that you can't link anything like when if I'm going to do what is it called? A thread or, you know, you say we tweet. Do you thread? I, I don't I don't know the verbiage yet. But when I put out a thread, I can't attach a photo or like a video or anything. Is that what you're saying? No, it's the opposite. So with threads, unlike Instagram, you can add a link to a video. You can add a link to somewhere else. You can upload a photo. Um, so that's the main difference between threads and Instagram. So whereas Instagram, your comments are really just text replies to other people. You know, you can't even put a link in your comments. So that's why you have the infamous oh. see link in bio on your Instagram profile because there's no way to link externally from Instagram within the comments. Even if you are the original poster, you have to refer people to your bio. But that's why you have the emergence of things like Linktree, right? where they say, okay, follow this link. And then from there, you can get more information. So that's the main challenge as far as interactivity to Instagram, where it forces you to kind of take this extra step. Conversely, okay. with threads, it does give you that very Twitter-like experience where it is real time and you can reply with an image, a video, generally any kind of link to elsewhere. Um, one, and there are several differences or, or quote unquote disadvantages of threads versus Twitter now. One thing you can do, um, at least in Instagram, is you know you can upload a, a GIF response. You, you don't have that functionality yet. That's certainly a small issue. It's not a huge problem. But So there is a little bit of functionality in Instagram that doesn't yet exist in threads. There's certainly a lot more functionality in Twitter that doesn't yet exist in threads. Mm -hmm. How does it work legally? If threads starts doing all the same things that Twitter does, do you know what that'll be like, how that landscape will shake out? You know, this, this strays into an area of law that has always intrigued me, but I have really no clue about. <laughs> yeah. But it, it falls in that area of intellectual property and patents. And generally speaking, if the way that the infrastructure of threads functions is some completely different technology and it doesn't use the same process, same formatting, whatever it is that happens behind the scenes at Twitter, I don't think Twitter really has a claim to any kind of infringement because you can't kind of patent an idea, right? You can't say, well, we have this idea for a kind of, you know, news feed where people can reply to it. You can really, you can really only patent a process, right? So it really comes down to, to what degree is the sort of under the hood kind of a situation like at Threads versus Twitter. Now, Musk has claimed that, that Threads or Meta kind of pilfered a few folks from Twitter. But then again, you know, Musk fired like, you know, 75, 80 percent, whatever the percentages of his staff. So 
I don't know if there are people who work Twitter who worked on Threads. I don't know how long Threads has been being worked on. So it may have vastly preceded all the craziness and the, the bloodletting, mm -hmm. so to speak, at Twitter. So, um, yeah, but ultimately it comes down to the really the functionality, how it works, not so much what it is. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. I have to ask you, the way that this has been treated and how many people have actually downloaded the app, we mentioned it before. Why do you think so many people have downloaded it? I, I wonder about this because obviously anytime something's new, especially in the social sphere, people get intrigued and they want to see what it's all about. But then I also wonder if influencers had... Uh, something to do with it because every influencer or actor or whoever that I know on Instagram immediately, like the day it was launched, was po they were posting on their stories, their threads. And people were like, what is this thing? So it's almost like, I don't know if Meta went to all their influencers and were like, hey, post this and you'll get XYZ. I don't know. But is that part of it, do you think? I think it's a lot of it. And I noticed the same. I was like, how are all these people already on here? Yeah. Um, I know for me, I signed up for like a pre-release version or, or when I went into the app store, uh, there was a way through Instagram where you could basically request kind of like like uh, like a number, so to speak, right? So you download the app, but it wouldn't work yet because it wasn't live. And then at some point when they flipped the switch, you were then able to activate your account. And so I know within about 24 hours, I had about 30 million signups. When I activated my account, number of my account is somewhere around like two and a half million. So I was pretty early on in the process. So I think there's a couple of reasons why there was such a high volume so quickly of users. One, I think it is that there were already a lot of people there and that they had kept the attention or legitimized it, right? Made it seem real. Um, if you compare it again to the early days of Twitter, something like Twitter felt like you were in like like a stadium, like a football stadium all by yourself and just sort of like shouting, <laughs> here? and all you would hear is the echo and the reverb, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, if you look at a lot of abandoned Twitter accounts, the first, there's like one or two tweets and they're always like, so I'm trying Twitter. And then the next one is, how do you do this? And then the third one is, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no interaction. That was also at a different yeah. time when people weren't using social media as frequently as they do now. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. And if you think about it chronologically, I mean, so much of the ability for social media to have emerged with the strength of influence that it has is the smartphone, right? Mm -hmm. So we didn't have smartphones in the way that we use them now until June 29th of 2007 when the iPhone was launched. And that really changed the game. So I'm not sure. I didn't use Twitter in 2006 when it launched. I'm not sure what the experience was like. I think it was really more like texting, to be honest with Post-smartphone, it really exploded because you had that ability to have more of a visual experience. You had that ability to have more of a real and a real-time web experience. So I think the fact that there were already some you know big players there, both media outlets, individuals, um, kind of people of prominence, I think it helped. Um, I will say, though, I think one of the main reasons why there were so many accounts initially was because Threads really piggybacks on your Instagram account. Mm -hmm. um, while you do need to download an individual app for it, it really just parallels your Instagram account. In fact, you don't need to pick a different username. It's the same username. They become interrelated. In fact, if once you open a Threads account, there is literally no way to 
close it without closing your whole Instagram account. So they become inextricably linked to each other. So to some degree, I don't want to say it's cheating. Well, so, okay, those, not to interrupt you, but those followers then I was reading, do they, your followers from your Instagram, then do they go directly to your Threads account? Um, Basically, the way that it happened and the way that it happened with me is whoever you're following, um, once they set up your account, will appear on Threads and be connected to you and vice versa. So, you know, if you're following person A on Instagram and then you haven't yet accessed your account on Threads, What'll happen is that person A, it'll show so it'll show that you requested to follow that person because they haven't activated your account. So for me, when I logged on, there were a number of people who I followed on Instagram. And when I looked through the options of people to follow or who was who I was following, who was following me, it would show the people's accounts, but it would say requested because uh. it wasn't yet an active account. But it already kind of put it there in a pool, so to speak, that once they activated their account. Um, you could then interact with them specifically and directly on threads. What happens if I follow someone on Instagram, but I don't want to follow them on threads? Well, for the most part, it'll maintain that. As far as I'm aware, if you block people, it maintains the block over on threads. So there is a lot of parallel. It's Both of them still fall under the, the meta community standards, which can be good or bad sometimes. I've gotten thrown into Facebook jail for things that it clearly misunderstood. But um, that is one thing that, I think the hope is, and it's one thing that they've communicated as a value, is that there ideally will be more oversight and more perhaps control of the atmosphere of the conversation. I don't know if that's wishful thinking. I don't know if that'll actually happen, but that is one element that they're trying to push as far as some distinction between threads and Twitter is that there's less of a kind of rambunctious, kind of sarcastic, kind of in your face abrasiveness than there is on Twitter. At least that's the hope or the plan. Well, the whole thing, the whole conversation with Twitter is that Elon Musk is trying to also fight for free speech. We've seen issues in the past regarding free speech and social media platforms. Do you have any insight into what that'll be like on threads? Because like you said, sometimes you tweet something and it mistakes it or it thinks that it's false, but it really isn't false. I mean, how are they going to manage that? I don't know because I I haven't really had any experience with Instagram. What my experience has been more specific to Facebook, although it's the same kind of format. I think there, I think it's harder on you on Facebook than it might be on Instagram. I, I literally got thrown into Facebook jail for quoting that line of Top Gun. If I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> Use the K word. Yeah, they're like, we don't condone threats of violence. So like. You guys really, it's, it's Top Gun. You guys got to watch Top Gun is what you need to do. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, what I've noticed in Instagram is if I post something that, again, it's it's automatically interpreting some of what you're doing. It's looking for keywords. Um, at the end of the day, um, you're posting something that is questionable in nature or might be at least uncertain. It'll just let you know. It'll say something like, well, you know, this kind of comment in the past has gone against our community standards. You know, they just sort of give you a chance to change it or to not make the comment. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see that it stops you from doing it, but it's more of a reminder. So what I've noticed with Facebook is ironically, Facebook will let you post it. And then, I mean, I've had comments from, I didn't even know how far ago, somewhere and get flagged. I don't remember making the comment. So 
it seems like a different experience. I don't know how it's going to play out on thread because in some respects, the conversations will be of an equal velocity, I suppose you could say. But the idea is I think they will be quicker and I think there will be more volume of conversation just by the nature of that more direct interactivity. So, you know, when you comment to somebody on an Instagram post, it's contained within that post, right? When you comment or jump into a thread that someone else has started or that somebody you know has jumped into, it's it's a conversation unto itself and people can jump in, jump out. So it's the sort of the same idea where you are within a column, so to speak, but there's... So it's the same thing as Twitter, basically. It's the same thing in, in, yeah, I mean, again, in Instagram, you're really contained or constrained to the post that you're commenting on. And again, yeah, like Twitter, with threads, you can pop into a, th- a thread that you were never part of initially, right? It's almost like cross It's almost like, you know, it, it, when you're driving, the difference between a solid line and a dash line, right? The dash line, you could change lanes. The, um, the non-dash line, you're where you are, at least, you know, as far as people who actually follow the rules, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Well, you know, th- that's why I asked if it's like Twitter, because, I mean, right now, if you tweet something, I-, I could tweet something and you could comment on my tweet or like react to it. And then it'll show up to your followers that you had commented on my tweet. So then your followers can then see my tweet. So it is kind of this universe where in a similar way, you can jump in and jump out of these conversations. Right. And and it, in that respect, it mirrors the idea. Because when you go to your profile on threads, it's sort of the same setup where you could see sort of your feed of your posts that you've made, right? And then you have another column of all things, either mentions of you or if people liked your post. And then there's another column, so to speak, or another area where you could just see replies to you. And then there's another column, which is your favorited threads. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's exactly the same as far as Twitter goes, where you have that um, sort of dashboard, so to speak, where other people can see the things that you commented on or the tweets that you liked, that kind of thing. Is there a character count on threads like there is on Twitter? There is a character count. And off the top of my head, I cannot remember what it is, but it's pretty substantial. Um, I think it's pretty close to about the same as on Twitter. I, I am not 100% sure on that. But I know it's fairly, it's significant enough that you can, you know, have a reasonable conversation. Um, but for those of us like myself who started with Twitter at 140 characters, there's still an idea of keeping it short because nobody has an attention span anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So even regardless of how long it is able to have, I think the idea is to still keep it relatively quick. So here it quick. says threads give you a character limit of 500. Which so that's what they're saying um, it is. I personally do not have a Threads account, so that's why I was wondering. But yeah, that's that's interesting. So it is it is a little bit different on in that sense where things are a little bit longer than on Twitter because Twitter you get one forty. Well, Twitter has expanded, and I know they doubled it to two eighty. So I think there's a quasi equivalency between the number of characters you have. But I know people still try to be careful not to max that out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you post things, like if you add a link, if you add hashtags, that counts towards it, too. So you do want to include media or hashtags or those kind of things. It will eat up the character count as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, you need to be mindful of that. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the overall Threads launch was like? Because I know you said, yeah, they just... 
We don't know why they just released it now. But I, I usually when these things happen, you see news stories leading up to the fact that someone is going to launch this new platform or, you know, it didn't really seem like that. Right. It felt pretty abrupt. Yeah, honestly, I hadn't even heard of it. And then all of a sudden one day it was like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> and yeah, so I'm saying it seemed very like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Med is working on tons of stuff we have no clue about, but. I mean, there was certainly a lot of what I would call love bombing when it first launched, right? So people definitely jumped on it. I'm sure they did like, a, you know, an embargo press release and things like that. So there was an awareness. And like we said, I'm sure that they had already reached out and set up a bunch of accounts. So there was some there there. But it just sort of seemed like this stealth launch that all of a sudden it was there. And again, the irony, too, is it was supposed to launch, I believe, on the 6th of July. And then kind of late afternoon on the 5th, they're like, we're early here. Why not? Why not do it? Let's go. <laughs> to me, there wasn't an obvious reason why they did that. There wasn't some kind of announcement by Twitter. There wasn't something else happening that at least as far as I can understand would be a reason for that. Maybe they just wanted to kind of like jump out of the market. Maybe, you know, they've seen some blood in the water or a lot of blood in the water at Twitter, depending on how you look at it. And maybe they just wanted to like just get it going, add to it later and just worry about it you know, expanding it as they went, I, I think they thought, and maybe rightfully so, if they got this initial push of users, that would at least sort of create a foundation where they could, A, see if there was an interest in it, B, kind of kick the tires a little bit. But I will tell you this, I was just reading yesterday that there has been about a 50% drop off as far as engagement goes on threads from the, the first day that it was launched to a week later. So I don't know if it's that same Twitter effect, or even though there were some existing accounts, even though it's very Twitter-like, I'm not 100% certain if that 50% drop in engagement had anything to do with the lack of content, was still there being some lack of familiarity with it. Um, I would argue to some degree that I don't think Threads is really hitting or will hit the same exact demographic that Twitter does. So I don't know if a lot of what it will be or, you know, Twitter diaspora that decided to just bail mm. on Twitter and come over to threads in so much as it's trying to reach out to people who are Instagram and may or may not even use Twitter and say, hey, look, here is this other way that you can engage with people. Yes, it might be like Twitter, but even if you had never used Twitter, here's ours. It's it's newer, friendlier, you know, more more easy to use. There's there's more more of a community feel. Again, I don't know kind of what their thinking is. I don't know what their overall strategy is. Because I would almost argue that I think it's a different demographic. Maybe not significantly, but to enough of a degree that I don't know if I would say that that initial wave of users was people bailing on Twitter, right? Because again, it was linked to an existing Instagram account. And so for that reason, it was almost... It's already there kind of thing. You just had to sort of review it. Do you think it's uh, younger? Do you think it skews to the younger audience threads since it is linked to Instagram? Or do you think it, it kind of spans across all generations? I think it primarily hits that demographic, which does skew younger for Instagram. But I think like anything, eventually it'll kind of like, you know, ooze outward and, mm. you know, kind of make its way into the, the broader category. Yeah. Uh, um. And so, you know, I think, like I said, I think they're maybe trying to hit an appeal. You know, like I talk to my students in my class, right? And so they're, you know, they're in their early 20s, primarily, you know, 20 to 22 kind of a range. 
And it's funny when I have conversations with them about what social platforms do you use and what social platforms do you not use? So none of them use Facebook, right? Because that's where their parents are. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of them use Snapchat, which I've used in the past, but I I finally realized I got to the get off my lawn age when it comes to some. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, this is this is just not my jam. Um, But I've used Instagram a lot. I make a lot of reels. I try to put out really interesting content and I follow a ton of my students there and vice versa. And, you know, I found that a lot of them will message me there. So I do make myself available by email. I have a Google voice number that I get to them for texting or for calls. But I mean, a pretty significant number of them will message me on Instagram, either for, for specific things related to class or just sort of more relationship building kind of a thing. So it is interesting to see how they engage with it. I've seen some of my students, you know, that'll pop up on threads. I don't know kind of where it's going to go. I'm a little, you know, I'm, well, a little, I'm a lot curious to see where it's going to go, but I'm a little unsure as far as what might happen long-term, um, especially in light of this drop-off. So I don't know if that will, you know, boogie yeah. up or whatnot. Well, with the long-term conversation, social media platforms obviously come, they go. We see new ones pop up, but... What do you think, in your opinion, is the driving factor for a social media platform's success? Like, what elements does threads or, like, do threads need? Is it does threads? Is threads plural? Because the word is plural, but is it, is it, do you say? (laughs) This is what is so confusing. It's such early conversation. But, you know, if you read an article, it's like the threads limit is or the threads limit are. It's just like, what? (laughs) This is grammatically not correct. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the name of the app is plural, but I think when you make a post, it's a thread. Um, some some of my friends who are early Twitter, and this I don't know if this is something you had experienced, but we would do these things in the early years of Twitter, and we called them tweet-ups. And we would meet people in person in real life <laughs> we had only known virtually. So there was some funny conversation, but what would we call the same thing on threads? Is it a thread-up? Is, is it a, you know, thread-the-needle? What do we call it? Nobody knows yet, but... That whole vernacular, yeah, like what what will be the slang, what will be the vernacular of threads? It's a little uncertain, right? Again, I don't know if it's singular, plural. Um, I think people just clumsily kind of... They just came like I just tried to do. Well, that actually, (laughs) that distracted me from my actual question. What what do you think is important to have in a social media platform to ensure its long-term success? I think what a social media platform needs to ensure its long-term success is a really, really basic fundamental marketing concept that I go over in all of my principles of marketing class, first and foremost, which is value. There needs to be something there, whether it's technological, whether it's content, whether it's some other criteria that makes it desirable for a reason that it's either a suitable replacement to something, it's a better version of something, it offers some unique experience that didn't exist before. So if you look at TikTok, um, I don't really create a lot of content on TikTok, but I consume a ton of content on TikTok. And I think if you look at TikTok as a really great example, because TikTok is like incredibly popular. And if you look at TikTok, I think what makes TikTok really successful is that it does offer a ton of value in a unique and very engaging way. So I don't create content for TikTok myself but I consume a ridiculous amount of it. I fall into the TikTok rabbit hole. <laughs> Days later, I realize I'm still looking at my phone. Um, 
And I think partly it's because of the engaging nature of video. And video is really a driver of engagement. And what I am curious about is, to some degree, Instagram offers more fundamental video content, right? Whereas in threads like Twitter, you can attach a video or link to a video. Primarily speaking, it's not the main driver. It's more of the conversation. Mm. I think video is a huge driver, again, because I think video offers value on a lot of different levels. And I think it really speaks to the needs and the interests of, again, we're talking about that younger demographic. I think it really, you know, it really hits them where their interest level is. Plus, most TikTok videos are short. Nobody has an attention span. Um, but then again, I've seen a lot of long form content on TikTok and they seem to be emphasizing that a lot more among some of the more popular creators. So it's maybe not so much the length of the content, but it's the, the content itself. Like mm -hmm. I've learned so many things on TikTok. I follow so many different accounts. And I mean, for me, I love to consume information and I kind of have this sort of like sponge identity of like, I just take everything from everywhere. I'm very eclectic. I'm very you know open. I like to get just information from all kinds of different places. Yeah. And you can get that on TikTok. So I'll ask you this then as kind of the devil's advocate question to what makes a social media platform successful. What do you think can lead to its downfall? Because there have been platforms in the past that haven't made it or they become really, really popular and then all of a sudden they're gone. I think about Vine, you know, and right. but Vine kind of set the stage for future social media platforms. So what do you think leads to the downfall? I think social media platforms fail for a few different possible reasons. One is technology. So if you look at something like Vine or even something that followed it called Periscope, it was an attempt to add more embedded video content within Twitter. But for whatever reason, it just never took. I mean, I remember making some Periscope videos at like conferences or events that I was at. They got a little bit of traction, but not a lot. Sometimes I think the technology can be the limiter where maybe people don't have the equipment, maybe they don't have the knowledge, um, maybe they don't have a phone or maybe they don't have access to Wi-Fi. That is part of the conversation that you don't hear a whole lot because at least from a sort of a first world perspective, it's rare when we don't have internet connection. And the minute we don't, we suddenly feel like we're Amish. And we freak out. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, sometimes that seems nice, though. I'm like, I just want to live on a farm with no technology and no <laughs> social media platforms. That's why I refuse to get TikTok. I won't even go on there to consume. I won't do that. I'm not planning on getting threads. I mean, we all say this now, but who knows? But, right. you know, I've got Twitter. I got Instagram. That's it. And that's enough for me. <laughs> right. And, and honestly, when you go on TikTok to consume content, realistically, it consumes you. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be, I don't want that. <laughs> I want to be autonomous. I don't, I don't want anything right. controlling me whatsoever. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. So uh, just to kind of get back into how this all, I mean, people love the drama as well. Obviously, yeah. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are kind of in this feud. Will you just quickly give me a background of how that started and where it is now? Well, what's interesting with this feud between Zuckerberg and Musk is I don't know what the flashpoint was. I don't know how it started. I think it started as more just a friendly rivalry. Yeah, it's like it's pretty playful. Whole, it's like a playful feud. I thought so because, I mean, before Threads, you know, Twitter and Instagram were in parallel universes. They weren't really the same. I mean, they're very different. And so, I mean, I think Meta is like, you know, the 800-pound gorilla and everyone's just trying to kind of usurp it wherever they can. And 
whether it's a good strategy, whether it's dumb luck, they have yet to be unseated. So I don't know if it's just Musk trying to, you know, kind of take the, the, the fight, literally, I guess, to Zuckerberg from a sort of ego standpoint or a desire to do something of significance, or if it's just billionaires being bored billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, let's go and do an actual fight, but then we'll also fight right. online. <laughs> right. Well, so they're either physically fighting, they're not really directly fighting with themselves online. Uh, well, actually, Musk has made some pretty ridiculous comments of Zuckerberg. <laughs> Zuckerberg is pretty, hasn't really fallen for the, the ruse. Um, but yeah, so they first were going to physically fight, and now at least Musk is trying to start a fight within the app or, you know, virtually. Um, and then, like, the day after Threads launched, Musk filed a lawsuit. So there's like, there's, like, three dimensions or three possible dimensions of this, like, this argument so to speak, between them. And and I don't know what will come of it. I mean, like you said, you go back to the, the fundamentals of what Twitter is suing Meta about. It's it's the technology that powers it because that's really the only thing that you can make an argument about is, is how does it function? But what's interesting is I think, you know, obviously Musk is, you know, at the moment, Twitter is kind of like the Titanic, you know, about halfway between when it hit the iceberg and when it sank. Um, and I don't know if it's salvageable. I'm not really sure what will come of it. I know a bunch of different uh, businesses and media outlets have left it. Uh, not all, some. I mean, I still get value out of Twitter. I don't use it as much. But, um, you know, it's interesting who I interact with on Twitter. I mean, of all random things, my university president is very engaged. So he's always posting stuff, mainly on Instagram is where I see him. But he's also on Twitter. And we've had some really funny and interesting conversations that I was a part of between me, him, a lot of alumni. Like we had some whole conversation about having uh, more visibility to our mm. football program in our geographic area. So there is still value there. I have a lot of colleagues, a lot of friends who are still there. Many of them have left Twitter for lots of different reasons. So it's not like it's completely hopeless. I, I still have Twitter. I still have Twitter. I like Twitter. Um, I like that you can kind of have freedom of speech more so than what we've seen in the past. But it is interesting. It's one it, it since Threads is very similar to Twitter and how Twitter used to be. You have to wonder. I mean, none of us have a crystal ball. We can't see into the future. But I am curious about how this will change the landscape overall with social media and and if it'll just be a blip on the social media radar or if it will actually become a thing that people use primarily. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, looking forward, the biggest parallel that I could see to Threads is maybe more of a cautionary tale. So if you consider Google Plus as a cautionary tale, I think the way that Google launched Google Plus was very similar to Threads in that it was the same scenario where you automatically had a Google Plus account if you were already on Google. So again, the same kind of thing, like they initially had huge numbers, like we have this many user accounts, but really the main metric in social media is not how many accounts you have or not how many users have accounts. It's how many active users. So it doesn't matter if you have a billion users. If only a hundred thousand of them are using it, then you have really a hundred thousand functional users. And that's really the number that you can base ad sales or anything else on. It's not, it's not just how many people are there. It's how many people are using it. So there's no guarantee that just because you piggyback off an existing platform that it will work. I don't see Meta being that complacent because if you compare Meta to MySpace, really the main reason, or at least one of the main reasons why MySpace died out is because it didn't really adapt. It didn't really evolve. It didn't really change. 
So if you go back to my thoughts about value, it initially offered a lot of value because it was unique. It was different. It was really kind of the first, or at least the first very mainstream used social platform in the way that we think of social platforms. But I think it just stagnated at some point. So when people stop getting value out of it, something better, shinier, faster, newer, whatever it is, comes along that people are going to go there at least out of curiosity. And I think that's what we're seeing right now with Threads is that people are curious. Not everybody that I interact with on Instagram has activated their Threads account. So again, I don't know if you know you'll, it'll reach a critical mass of every Instagram user. It has that potential. But again, even if, if every Instagram user automatically had an activated Threads account, there's no guarantee that they would use it. I don't see Threads as so much of a Twitter killer as a Twitter competitor. Because again, they're very similar. I think the advantage that Facebook has or Meta has is that it's got a bigger, healthier foundation kind of as a company and it could absorb more loss. It could, it could handle failure in the short term for perhaps three, if you want to use that word in the long term. I mean, Musk paid so much money for Twitter. I don't know what it's actually valued at, but I want to say it's, he paid at least double what it's mm-hmm. worth. And to his credit, he's trying what he can do to monetize it, but it's not enough. And a lot of the things that he's doing to monetize it, like charging $50,000 a month for the API, the API is the interface between Twitter and other programs or other platforms that interact with Twitter. So like your ability to have your tweets appear on your website or for like um, government agencies to tweet out alerts or announcements automatically through some other system that is now costing them an exorbitant amount of money, which is spurring a lot of them to just bail on Twitter because they, they can't afford that. Mm. So even though numerically, if you look at, okay, this many accounts paid this much money to use this feature that was previously free, and I'm all for that. I mean, you know, free enterprise, it's, it's, it's your choice to charge what you want if you feel that your product offers that amount of value, right? But I think it's causing a lot of people to flee. So the question with Twitter is, are there enough people who will remain there or who, or who will remain active there willing to pay these fees for various kinds of services that they either may or may not need, or even if they need it, do they find it a value for paying for it yeah. for the price that he wants to pay? So it's- Twitter is kind of going at it alone. And so even if, you know, at some point, you know, their on-ramp is longer, maybe they could write the ship, maybe they could patch the hole that the iceberg created. They're in a more tenuous state. And the challenges with Musk is that, you know, he paid so much for it. Um, he sold a lot of Tesla stock to sort of patchwork fix the, the holes. But, you know, the more he sells of Tesla stock, the more it negatively impacts that. So it's this really weird balancing act that he has to be careful to not stuck too much value out of Tesla to cover the, the holes in Twitter so that now he has two sinking ships instead of one. It is a pretty wild thought to think about where a social media platform starts and where it ends. To your point earlier, people get bored of certain things. And and it is it it kind of is interesting to think about when you had mentioned earlier on this conversation that threads is kind of like a beta and they can add a lot of stuff to it. Maybe that was by design, by your reasoning, because then, you know, people will stay intrigued because it starts out basic. But then the more you add to it, people stay engaged because they're curious, things like that. But I remember for me, I 
was required to download Twitter in college for a sports class that I took, a sports marketing class I took. And he was basically, our professor was like, you're required once a week to tweet about something that happened in sports. And so that's how it started for me. And to think about where it's, you know, where it is now, where Threads is coming in, it's definitely a conversation to be had. So I guess the last question I want to ask you is, Earlier on, you mentioned that you were keeping an eye out for things that were happening with threads. What's the biggest thing that you're looking out for as we learn more about this platform? I think one thing that intrigues me a lot about where threads can go beyond just its overall impact, its overall footprint, is the degree to which it either can create additional functionality that even again, if it's not replacing or looking to replace Twitter, could in and of itself offer enough functionality to keep the attention of its users, even if they're all just Instagram, even if they're really not trying or it doesn't matter if they're getting that Twitter diaspora, even if it's just Instagram users, can they make enough features that are beyond what is there now to keep the interest of who's already there? One thing that they might do, I don't know how this will play out. I do believe this is where they're going with this because I've read some articles and I can't fully explain the technology, but as a, as a metaphor, as a comparison, in the early days of Twitter, a lot of the missing functionality that now Twitter offers was offered by third-party providers. And that's where that idea of this API comes in. So I remember in the old days of Twitter, really to get more use out of it, to get more functionality, overnight almost like a bunch of software engineers came up with different tools or ways that you could use Twitter by using the sort of technical backbone of it, but adding a layer to it. And so I think where threads could really thrive is if they do the same thing. So a parallel I will give you in present day is when ChatGPT first came out, it was very much like early days Twitter. It's very much like threads as it is now, where the functionality, the core functionality is there, but it's missing a lot of things. Like if you go into ChatGPT, and just, just go into chat GPT. You can't search anything. You can't organize your, your conversations or your, your questions, your results in any kind of folder or any kind of order. So it's a little clumsy. And there are already like hundreds, if not thousands of plugins that you can use that piggyback off the of chat GPT that chat GPT permits to use. And in fact, I use one of these things and it makes it so much more functional. I love ChatGPT. I'm super geeking out about it. But in and of itself, it was a little clumsy, a little hard to use. But what makes it more valuable to me is the fact that there are third-party apps or extensions that enhance the experience. As far as I understand, that's where Threads is going. They want to make that a possibility. And I think that's really where they can add value. I think that's where Twitter started to kind of, you know, suffocate itself, which is they started limiting the ability of third-party apps to integrate with Twitter. And even if Twitter wasn't able to monetize those things, it fed more traffic to Twitter. And so I think where you could see a difference beyond the platforms as they exist currently, whereas you do have Twitter light years ahead of, of threads, where threads can really start making inroads or at the very least maintain its user base and maybe recover some of that 50% that it lost is let other people come into the sandbox, let other people come join your game, right? And that way people can maybe use, you know, other apps, other extensions, different things that they can use and get more value out of threads 
beyond the core functionality, but that are separate from threads proper, but that piggyback onto it. So you either log into a third-party app, or as is the case with ChatGPT, you just install an extension on Google Chrome, or the minute you log into to ChatGPT, it works. So I think that's one area where they could begin to sort of, from a value standpoint, really start enhancing their own experience independent of Twitter, but where you might find them supplanting Twitter is where you have the situation where a lot of these government agencies, media outlets who have left Twitter can really start using it a lot more. And you see that they are. There's a lot of uh, big companies, a lot. obviously we talk about influencers, um, there's a lot of people who are already using it, and I don't know to what degree, I don't know what the technology is that they're using to feed to it, but clearly I don't think there's one person manually posting to these. So there is some kind of additional functionality that is probably available, not to the individual user, mm-hmm. but to these kind of enterprise users. And so that can really be a game changer for them. Again, either just to keep growing separately by itself without any direct ambition to uh-huh. unseat Twitter, but I think long term, that could be a difference maker um, because as Twitter continues to sort of narrow itself at the charge for all these extra things, if Meta can allow those things to start expanding or integrating with threads without having to limit it, without having to charge, or at least without having to charge an exorbitant amount, I think that's where you can see a lot of bleed coming off of Twitter for threads. Well, we will continue to keep an eye on this because the landscape is continuing to shift and social media is become the center of a lot of people's lives. So I know this is going to be in in the conversation for quite some time. Matthew, I appreciate you coming on now to break this down for me and we'll have to have you back on as things evolve. I would welcome that. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts and to have this great conversation with you. And uh, maybe one day I'll see you on Thread. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Probably not. But yes, Matthew, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. Have a great day. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about Threads. Number one, Threads operates as somewhat of a parallel to your Instagram account. Whereas Instagram is primarily focused on images and videos, Threads provides users with conversations and news feeds to interact with. Number two, although Threads may be the hottest new app in the social media scene, Matthew argues that in order for it to achieve long-term success, Threads has to market its value, either as a unique experience or as a better alternative to an existing product. And number three, while many have dubbed Threads as the Twitter killer, Matthew only sees it as a Twitter competitor. Threads may have had an explosive launch, but only time will tell if the app can garner enough active users to take down Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Threads. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 